This is Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast, a podcast about, you guessed it, nonprofit fundraising. This isn't the first podcast about it, but definitely not like any others you've listened to. This is a podcast for fundraisers by fundraisers. No boring charts or the same stale best practices you've heard for years. No ideas that only work in theory here. No concepts from people who aren't in the same trenches as you are every single day. Each week, you'll get practical strategies and tips to craft messages that engage donors and raise more money. This isn't smoke and mirrors. Everything has been pressure tested in the real world. Plus, you can start using them as soon as the episode ends. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Thomas and Steve Thomas. Hello, and welcome to Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. This is episode 17, a special mailbag episode. I'm your host, Ryan Thomas, Vice President at Oneicity. And I'm Steve Thomas, uh, CEO and one of the founders of uh, Oneicity. We started this podcast because you know that this work doesn't stop at the door of the office, the end of your week. And we were at barbecues and having dinner with people, hanging out with people, talking fundraising, and they were talking about what to order or what's going on in the world or sports. And we got eyes glazed over and people would leave the table from us. So we start our own podcast where they can't leave the table and we don't know if you click out of the episode. <laughs> so here we are. Yeah, just don't tell us. Right? Yeah. Just don't <laughs> leave tell us. If you could just not email us and say, I clicked out of your episode three and a half minutes in enjoy. We'd appreciate it. Instead, send us your five star reviews uh, to podcast at onicity.com. That's O N E I C I T Y. And put them on wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Apple, Google, Spotify, that helps the algorithm. And we love your questions. And we're going to get to some questions from the podcast at Oneicity email uh, in a minute. And we'd love your questions, your comments, even semi-negative feedback we're taking, theoretically. Yeah. Not my preference, but... Think about it before you send it. Yeah. Just take a deep breath and then send it. We have, we have, we have dogs at home, puppies. They, they're our emotional support puppies. <laughs> when we get a, when we get a below three star review or, or an email that says you guys suck so bad. <laughs> I hate all of your references and all of your ideas. They're all horrible. But other than that, other, other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how's the podcast? So this is a special episode. Like I said, we, we've got questions and we're going to get to, that's going to be the majority of the episode, but we are very focused on actionable tips, things you can do. So even though we've got questions, I did want to do a couple things you can do as soon as the episode ends. Can so, I try this right now? Yeah. Try it right now. Finish the episode, but then try it. Yeah. And we call it something you should be doing if you're not already. And I'll go first. And mine is knowing when to move on. Ooh. It's not like a relationship kind of. Uh, yeah, we're, at, we're working on a relationship podcast. So this is, <laughs> this is the backdoor pilot into that as part of the Winnipeg Podcast dating, Network. If you're dating, yeah, two old guys like us. Yeah, yeah that's exactly, that's exactly you, right? what people want to know. <laughs> uh, I think there's like a seniors match or something that we could get a sponsorship for. Anyway, know when to move on. 
Know when a job is good enough. Oh, yeah. There are things to tinker, but at some point you can be tinkering and you're just tinkering either to tinker because, you know, maybe you think, okay, if the agency sent me this, I've got to keep revising it or else I'm not really doing my job. There could be lots of reasons oh, behind that's it. so good. Yeah. But at a certain point, you're getting diminishing returns. Yeah. At best, if you're not hurting it. And there can be, there can be a point where the revision you're making just to revise or keep tinkering, you've actually hurt your impact and it's less effective or you're not making that big of a difference. And so at best you then have to do the math of, okay, is what I'm tinkering with worth the time, you know, X, what I'm spending to tinker with this versus Y, the possible impact. And you have to look at what you're tinkering with at that point. Is it the call to action headline? Okay, that's worth spending some time to make sure that is dialed in and correct. Third sentence of paragraph five. As long as you don't offend anybody, it's probably not worth spending extra, extra time on that. So know when to move on and know when this is good enough and not just meh, but this is good. This is effective and it's more effective over the course of a year to move on to the next project. Oh, that's so good. I spent some time dealing with exactly that kind of problem with a client today. And it, it is, it is hard to turn loose of something if it doesn't feel perfect, but something in the 80, 85% good enough in front of donors is better than a hundred percent that, that is either late or you never get it in front of donors. So totally or it causes that. you to be late on the next thing because yeah. you were <laughs> focused dead on that. focused on this. You're delivering a lot of work. It's easy to do that. It's easy for that to happen. Mm -hmm. But if you can focus on uh, getting it in front of the, of, of the right people when it is good enough, and that's hard language for people to hear sometimes, good enough, because that can, that can sound bad. But uh, I wish I had known what, that you were going to talk about this because I would have double-checked the adage. But, you know, what is it? Uh, uh, the perfect is the enemy of... Oh, you should, it's your, it's, no, it's I didn't, your but line. I didn't look, but I didn't look that up. Yeah. So it's anyway, like perfect is you, the enemy of good enough or yeah. effective or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Can you tell we, we don't rehearse this ahead? It's we casual. Aren't, we aren't spending extra would, time tinkering with this we segment. We would do this exactly like we would do it over the barbecue grill. This All right, is good is enough. It my, is it my that, turn? That was good enough it, for me. Yeah, good enough. All right. And I shouldn't have brought that up, but I thought I'd... Uh, anyway. Um, okay, so you were... Me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Let's go you. Um, so here's what I think you should... This is, this is something you should try, you know, uh, right now. Is sit down and read your, your last year's fundraising. So hopefully you've got that in a file or you've got it maybe, maybe you're old school and three ring binder or however oh, it yeah. is. And, and look at what you have put in front of donors for the last 12 months. And what I would prefer that you do is if you do direct mail and email and social, whatever you do, do look at everything as it it unfolded in front of donors. Now, the first thing to, to recognize is it's not like donors paid attention to it that way. They were coming well, in and out shock. of it. Well, that's a shock. Yeah, they're Whoa. coming in and out of it very roughly. Okay. But the idea is it, it, it is hard to do the reviews. We've talked about how you review when you're planning, but one of the things that occurred to me 
it is so easy to lose sight of because you're it's like uh, that old I Love Lucy episode where you got the chocolates, you know, running off and they're dipping or whatever they're doing or or how, whatever your metaphor is for something that's moving fast. And so you've got these things going. And, and if you don't sit down and say, what are they seeing? What are we telling them? What are we hearing? And so the three questions for you to look at as you review. One, what's your overall impression of what is being told, right? Second thing, what is the main thing that you talk to donors about, about your cause or your organization? Number three, what's missing? What are the Ooh, things what's you, missing? What do you, what seems to be not done? Now, I, I don't want you to get a cup of coffee, go to the bathroom. I want you to read the whole year in one sitting. Now, maybe a long sitting, maybe prepare for it. But one of the advantages you get with that is that it is all in front of you, all in your head at one time. And you will gain some, there, there'll be some understandings that will come to you and some things you go, I, I can't believe we didn't talk about this. Or, well, we talked about that way too much. Yeah, or, we say that all the time. Exactly. There'll be some phrases you start hearing that you don't like to hear. Hopefully, there'll be other phrases that you think, oh, man, we are driving that home. This is awesome. So give that some thought. Look at a year. Uh, and it doesn't matter what the year is. Just 12 months. Back up to a, a rolling year. A rolling year. However you want to do it. But you want to cover... A 12-month period, and and so say we're you know, we're recording in July. If I were doing this, I would I would say do you know uh, uh, July to June from from last year or whatever whatever's a 12-month cycle. Uh, uh, I would rather you did a rolling year, as you said, than go to back up to December and then do January of what would that be 20. <laughs> yeah. I was told um, there was going to be no math. Yeah, I, sorry. There's a calendar. Oh, I don't like math. that. I can't remember what year we were in. So, because that, that will be COVID and there'll be a lot of other things. Mm -hmm. But if you just back up 12 months from where you are, that will inform where you're going to go next without question. Yeah. You can't, you can't know where you're going to go if you don't realize where you've been, what you've been doing. Hashtag. 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 All right. So, time to answer some questions. Oh, man. Because we've got some questions. We kept asking. We kept throwing that email out, thinking eventually. nobody would use it. I mean, right? eventually, <laughs> it stayed. It stayed empty for a while. But then we we got some emails, so we'll kind of go back and forth. Uh, we we divvied up. Some of them will be emails. You, you gave take. me the hard ones too. Yeah, that that was the way. Uh, that was the way we wanted it. I'll start, and then we'll just ping pong back okay. and forth. All right, go. My first one says I have to switch to my email platform. Uh, hey guys, love the podcast. Nice way to start my Tuesday morning commute. I was wondering, when is it too early to talk to donors about Thanksgiving? The holiday season is a huge part of our budget and our fundraising, so we know that we need to maximize that, but I'm sure there's a time that's too early. What do you think? I thought you were going to answer all the questions. I was going to do all the reading. Oh, you're just reading. <laughs> no, no, <You're> I'm joking. <laughs> so knowing when to do that, it's a, it's a really good question. And we're leaving names off unless you send us a clever um, hints from Heloise kind of, you know, wondering in Wenatchee. Oh, that's kinda. hilarious. <laughs> if you do that, we'll read your name. Otherwise, I, otherwise, have, otherwise yeah. I didn't get any of I that. I didn't get any of those either. But otherwise, you know, we're, okay. we're going to leave off yeah. your name. 
you'll see, we'll just take Thanksgiving for an example, but this applies to any, any holiday or any calendar event. Calendar-based deadline kind yeah, of thing, That you've right? got going on yeah. at your organization or in your yeah. cause. Like everything else, your mileage is going to vary, but Thanksgiving specific, you'll see Thanksgiving hit your mailboxes in August. Oh, yeah. I mean, next month, I know I'm going to get, and I know who they're from. Yep. A, a few organizations I give to who will talk to me about Thanksgiving next month. For me, that's too early, but it does show that, that, that there's a strata because it's working for some people to some extent. It does. Normally, September is kind of when I become Thanksgiving eligible in, in my brain with many of our clients. But like I said, your mileage may vary. So here's a way to know if it's too early to ask donors for a Thanksgiving gift in this case. Is there an actual reason for them to give a gift or go. does this just help with your budget? Yeah, there you go. Do you really, do you really have to get ready for Thanksgiving in August because of big numbers or other considerations in your organization or your situation or space? Or are you just trying to get ahead of budget? If you have actual reasons why you've got to start getting ready for Thanksgiving in August, then by all means, explain that to a donor. Don't just say, hey, give us your Thanksgiving gift it's by, time for, it's by time. Labor Day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell them, hey, we have so many people in our area who come to us for Thanksgiving. There's literally no way we'd be able to get all the turkeys ready, yeah. stocked, etc. Yeah. if we yeah. didn't start now. Yeah. So please help. So that's how you know. Ask yourself, is there a real reason for this gift from a donor right now that would help? Or do we really just want your money to help yeah. budget? Yeah. And, and I, that's where you use, you use the because formula mm -hmm. and, and make it really clear. We, we need you to give toward Thanksgiving. You can also add, sprinkle in the, the season, Thanksgiving season, and then extend, extend that from the, the November date into wherever you, you begin that. But it is hard for people to understand, but they will understand if you communicate the, the because part. Why are you doing that? Yeah. Okay. So now it's your turn. Um, okay. So, so I hope yours is harder. <laughs> yeah. Well, the answer could be harder. Um, so yeah, this question is, uh, thanks for the information. Uh, my question is, how do you get a nonprofit started? Where do you begin? What's your best fundraising tool as a startup fund, uh, a nonprofit? Um, so Direct for, mail. <laughs> yeah, buy, buy a bunch of ink on paper. Uh, so, so first, assuming we're not talking about the IRS stuff and the board stuff and all the legalities. Yeah, we're not you know, lawyers. Because we're, we're not going to do that. Once you get into the marketing and fundraising world, we'll, we'll give you some advice. So once you're set up, right, then, then the very best place to go is uh, to start with people you know and people that you've talked to. And, and I think that the, what I would do if I, were, if I were doing this is I would, do, I would go at it with two ways, the two tools I would use. If, if you can, if you're physically around the people that, you, that are your friends and the, the community that, that are, are a part of you setting this up, uh, I, I would begin a, I would have a dessert, I would have a coffee, I would have a, you know, 
if it's appropriate for for your nonprofit, a you know a, a, a mixer, I would do something to gather a few people, and I would tell my story and use it to to build the reason why your organization exists. I talk about scaffolding. I've got a scaffolding question coming. <laughs> so spoiler uh, alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. So the the idea is if you can if you can make the case with a group of people and then not only present your case for them to give financially, but present your case for them to go out and find two or three or one person that they will bring into the fold. And again, we've talked about recipes, how you you, you need to make it very clear. I need you to tell your friend this, or I need you to bring your friend to our next coffee, or I need to do this. The temptation is um, to, to just say, hey, I need you to give, to give, and they, you know, if, they're, if they, you make a good case and you have a good relationship with them, they will, they're, they're going to give, but you're trying to build and grow. So spend some time doing that. Second thing you should do is do exactly that same thing in so, the social media land. Uh, leverage your fa- Facebook, your, your Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. If you're on Twitter, if you're on Instagram, wherever the place is, I, my guess is Facebook is probably going to be the place most people are going to make it work unless you're doing a you know young millennials kind of thing and then maybe it's the talk yeah, I don't we're know. all gone yeah uh, what you want to do is make sure that you are doing exactly that same thing you're gathering some people you're making your case you're presenting the the platform the scaffolding piece and then asking them to share the knowledge to can you do that uh, one of the things you always want to make sure you're doing, particularly at the in a startup situation, is you're gathering email addresses and you're communicating with people. It is it is um, not an easy battle to start up, and uh, the the trick is to communicate well, all doing handling these principles, making sure they're all out in front of you as far as what you're doing, and you're you're clear about the 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 need for what you're doing, how you're doing, what the people are going to come along with. If you do that, it will begin to grow. And uh, one of the things that, that makes it possible for you to do this is presenting your fundraising case, the this, this story, well, and getting it in front of people. Uh, you alluded to direct mail. Uh, you know, unless you're, you've got you know, uh, uh, somebody who's going to fund you or you've got some big cash to throw at this, direct mail is really a hard place to start. I uh, you know, it's like building an app, you know, it's kind of like, I don't think that's a great idea. It's really cool. Yeah. So, however, so start building email, make sure that you put your, you know, obviously I realized I just, I skipped over a step that I would absolutely recommend. Make sure you've got a great platform of a, of a website to, for people to go to make, you know, that doesn't have to be big money. Um, you know, uh, WordPress just Wix, needs to work. It just needs to work and present your case. So that, that would be where I would start, um, I know I didn't answer that well, but uh, ask again. Yeah, just yeah. If we if we didn't answer your question well, just resend it in, <laughs> and that'll work. Asking one more time. So yeah, just just reply, and we'll get the re. Oh, yeah, like okay, <laughs> seeing a pattern there. Okay, this this email. Uh, there's a reason I kept it because. Or kept it on on my side. Not, it that, I, e- not that I delete lots of them. It was an easy one. <laughs> it was easy, but then it also 
it also speaks to something that uh, not that I'm passionate about, but I like. So, and I like when people, I think they know, you know, we they can play into our ego. So I like, I'm going to read all of the, hey, I love the show. Oh, I skipped all of that. I know. But they said, one of the ones said I, I was so much taller than I, than I sounded. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's check the from on that one. <laughs> yeah. I need you. They need to adjust the tilt on their screen. Clearly. <laughs> anyway, hi Ryan and Steve. Love the show. You're right. It's not what I expected when I first clicked to listen. That was great. Where do you guys fall on using gimmicks in direct mail? I give to a few other organizations, and some of the things I see in my mailbox, I'd never want to use for us. But someone on my team suggested one of these gimmicks for our holiday fundraising season. Oh. Those aren't worth using, right? Oh, I can't wait to hear what this you're going to answer to that one. Yep. All right. So first, let's just start with the identifier. How do you know if something is a fundraising gimmick <laughs> or a strategy? If it raises money, it's a strategy. <laughs> if it doesn't work, it's it a gimmick. A gimmick. <laughs> we... And that sounds so uh, crass, the fact and crass, but I want to call back to one of our previous episodes where we talked about effective design versus beautiful design. And there are designs that don't look as good or I don't like the way they look until I get the results back. And then all of a sudden, that is a beautiful outer envelope or that is a beautiful subject line because it worked. It raised money. It helped our cause. Hmm. And that's what matters. There's clip art. Um, things donors have to perf off, tear off, sign and return back along with their gift. All, all sorts of things can fall into this gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. situation or bucket, but if it doesn't lie to the donor mm. about what you're going to do with the gift or why you need the gift, as long as you're not lying and it helps a donor complete the process of giving a gift, that's the goal. Builds a relationship, gets them in. Because mm -hmm. the hard thing about fundraising is we can't trick people into giving their money. They've got to actually decide... To, I mean, we can't trick them to tear off a check, fill in all the information, put it in the envelope, put on a stamp, and send it back. They've got to do that by their own volition. They've got to want to do it. Mm. And if a weird image that I don't like I think looks dumb or a piece of paper they've got to tear off and include, if that helps the donor take their intent and turn it into action, mm-hmm which then helps the ministry or the organization helps our cause helps us save more sloths. I'm all for it. I, you, so then let's back up and say, okay, there are going to be some outliers. You may be in certain fields or causes where certain imagery could work, but isn't really not just the high class you want it. We get into exploitive or all oh, sorts of yeah, other things. Could be a, could be. A, yeah. Yeah. But outside of those third rails that would electrocute you, if it raises money, I'm all for it. And it's a great strategy. 
Well, and one of the things that I would say on that is that uh, don't assume all your donors are you. I mean, one of the glorious things is you're spreading the news and like that startup uh, question Start earlier. spreading the news. Yeah, you're trying to make sure that uh, other people understand it. And what your taste is, um, it, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that's everybody in your donor file. I had a client one time who... Uh, they were always talking about, well, if I hate it, our donors are going to love it. So, yeah, I like it because of that. Hmm. Because they, they were able to separate their personal taste from what they knew would communicate to their donors. Because hmm. you're not, like I tell people, I can't, you know, I can't pay bills on intentions and things mm -hmm. like if the funds don't come in, if the gifts don't come in from donors, then it's not a, that wasn't a great kit or yeah. that wasn't a great email. Exactly. All right, off, off to you. That, that, that was my favorite one. Okay, this one says, um, I, I can't believe that you're, old, that, that, that you're as old enough to be Ryan's father because you look like his, you know, his same age. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, I've made that up, part up. Okay, yeah. uh, it actually says, uh, um, Leader Voice is really interesting to me. It, it seems like Leader Voice, uh, that was episodes 9 and 10, um, uh, uh, seems to make uh, fundraising about the chief executive officer, or it could easily become a, an ego trip. How do you keep the focus on the cause while doing what we recommend? All right, well, first reset leader voice. You okay. told me the episodes, but that's, that's definitely worth resetting what that is before you answer. And that's, that's a really good question. Aside from your obvious blatant <laughs> putting words in their mouth. It was a gimmick. It was a gimmick. That, not a okay. That worked. That was a strategy. <laughs> okay, okay. Well done. All right. Reset. Yeah. What's, what's leader, leader voice? Do it. Okay. Leader voice is our term for a strategy we've adapted from some for-profit contacts that brings in the personality of your leader, whoever is uh, signing, whoever's name is on letters and emails that go to donors. The theory being people give to people. And not just to help people, but people literally give to people and knowing who it is that is on the other side of this organization. Making them human. Yeah, they, and, they become and, a and real... Multi-dimensional. Mm -hmm. yeah. They become a three-dimensional person Yeah, is more effective. They're in the living room, or really they're standing beside the trash can with them as they're... Don't throw that away! Guy. Whoa, no! <laughs> you... That's more effective, but it... To this emailer's point, it's not easy to do. And I think we even said it, if you do it wrong, it's really bad. Yeah. And I, I think I think I'll just say, um, yes, there anything powerful and anything that it has the potential to really change the game can both be you can worry yourself into not doing anything with it. Or it can be done badly. So we, we cannot uh, deal with the, the humanity and the, the goodness of your leader. Uh, the goal of this is to make sure that the, whoever is speaking for the organization is more than just a voice and more mm -hmm. than just a name at the bottom of a letter or at the top of an email or however, however that comes out. It is about taking... Um, corporate kinds of language, because uh, once you incorporate, you are a corporation, you're an entity, and once you begin uh, doing the work you're doing, 
uh, you have to, to deal with this. I, I need to find the humanness of this. And so I can't help you with your leader's egotism or narcissism or whatever you're worried about. But this is not about uh, making, th this strategy is not about making fundraising about the leader. It is about sprinkling humanity into the fundraising message. So it's about mm -hmm. focusing on uh, the fundraising message, but every now and then connecting to who this person is that's telling the story, who's asking for the ask. And so uh, you, you can never completely uh, take away the potential for ego or narcissism, but you can make sure that everybody understands this is not about making it all about this person. It is about this person can't just talk like they're a, a, a corporation or a cause out in, out in the ether. They're a person. Yeah, and... It's really interesting. We've gotten a lot of, I don't want to say pushback, but we, get a, we get a lot of difficult questions about leader voice from clients. Yeah. And I, I don't think I've, I don't recall it being worded exactly that way. I've had leaders say, well, I don't want it to be about me, but I don't know that I've had, you know, the fundraiser because it sounds like they're on behalf. It, yeah, you know, who knows? Tell. Yeah. But the, to have the third party worried about that and, your point of it is about the leader, the person explaining the situation or how the don't it, yeah, that help. Yeah. That that'll help remove some narcissism out of it. So I'm going to just say very quickly, I, I, I've met, uh, the, to my knowledge, one billionaire. Okay. Okay. Who, uh, is, who is the CEO of a, of a corporation that his ad agency, who we just happen to know the ad agency uh, is part of doing this work for his his big corporation, and he is the voice and the person they are lifting up in their the way they mm -hmm. do leader voice, and he's the most humble. He was the most nice guy. I mean, there were so in this meeting, I, I you know, it's a hilarious story of meeting this guy where I I had come in from running and I was sweaty and was not ready to meet somebody of influence and somebody I would like to make a good impression on. And he was so wonderful. We had this one-on-one -on -one thing and I'm thinking, I cannot believe I probably smell from here. So I'm of just Of course, saying, that's when you're going to meet it's, that person, Yeah, it's, right? it's about the personhood, not, not what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So if someone's an egomaniac and a narcissist and they're in, they're, they're in leadership, they're going to mess it up their own way. So yeah. you, you don't have to worry about that part. Just just focus on your you're your just revealing something about that person, so that the the people, the donors, the people you're connecting with, have a, a sense of connection beyond just the organizational stuff. Yeah, we'll probably get a follow up question on that. One. I hope so. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Are right, those the two I saved? I think I gave you three on purpose. Uh, yeah, you did. You. Uh, well, I, okay. So, uh, this one says, I don't You're really... so much stronger looking than yes, I expected. I, I think, have you been working on your, on your upper body mm -hmm. strength? Um, so it says, um, I don't really understand scaffolding. Uh, is that how you tell the story or how you ask the donor? Yes. Yeah. So, um, well, that was our episode. So, yeah. So, and, and punch the button. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So uh, scaffolding uh, is that that piece where we talk about four parts in a in a anytime you're communicating in, with a donor and you have a call to action. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna take okay, them off. Gonna, okay, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do the easy part. I'm so, gonna be Vanna White. So problem, solution, consequence. Pers- I almost said precipitation. Precipitation. <laughs> Participation. We do want donors to make it rain. <laughs> okay, so so those are the those are the four components. And as we've said uh, when we talked about this, that that those are those are the four pieces. And it it's it is um, uh, I, I like the term scaffolding because you're hanging your your fundraising communication on this thing. It is what you build it around or what you use to build it, however you want to, to visualize it. But um, it it is both the presentation of the fundraising ask or solicitation, mm-hmm. however you think about it. It is the how you tell the story. Now, the story doesn't need all four of those components. The story can come in and illustrate the problem. It yep. can say... Here's why, and we keep using sloths, but uh, we'll do that. Here's why sloths are in trouble, and you tell a little story, or you can you can tell the you can tell in a in a in a discursive discursive uh, kind of kind of you're you're doing the exposition of this. Here's the problem, and then you tell about this your your portion of the solution. How one of the sloths in your sloth rescue yes. forest farm. I don't know how, what it would be. Uh, how how they're doing. Or it can be the story can be part of the consequence. So the story doesn't fit in the scaffolding, the in terms of that that it had the story has to have all those pieces. Mm-hmm. But the story il- will illustrate one piece. Maybe it maybe it, the the story comes in and out. But the scaffolding part are those four pieces. They uh, the story can illustrate. The story can run alongside. But the story is separate. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, it oh, they, can be. I forgot to mention they they mentioned how tall I looked. Uh, of course they do. On video. Everybody does. Um, which that might mean you sound really short. <laughs> I just realized we can turn that around really fast. Yeah, that was good. Okay. Yeah, the story is sort of a a yes and because it can it can do most of those or it can do none of those it's the and just support. Yeah. When I help um, sometimes clients and sometimes new members of the team get it. Some of the ways I help somebody kind of grasp it is either at the beginning of a project, writing out problem, solution, participation, consequence, and then putting just what are those for this situation, for this appeal, for this communication to donors, what are those? Now go put that away or turn that piece of paper over or minimize that window, write your project, do your thing, tell your story, then pull both those up and make sure you've got all of those things in it. Or you can do the inverse and take those and expand on each thing. Really dive deep into, here's 50 words, 100 words on the problem, here's 100 words on the consequence, here's 100 words on all of this. Then pare it down, fit the story, there's a lot. There's so many ways to go about it. Yeah. Yeah. But so I, I think about the scaffolding and the story. They're parallel, mm-hmm. or they're 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 side by side, uh, so that they they touch, they communicate, they connect. Mm-hmm. But you don't have to have all four in the story. 
Yep. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to have all four in the story. If you don't have a story, it's not great. But if you don't have a part of the scaffolding, it's going to fall down. Yeah. And uh, the last part of this email talks about how do you ask a donor. Uh, so that becomes the the participation part of the scaffolding, where you tell a donor, "Here's how you can be a part of." solving this problem, changing the situation, mm -hmm. rescuing these sloths, whatever, whatever you're at work doing. And it, it, that is the, the, the ask. And we talked about ask a raise. We've talked about call to action. We've done a variety of those things, but it, you're, you're calling the donor not to help you, the organization solve this problem, mm -mm. but you're inviting them in to participate in the solution, participate with you, the organization, the nonprofit, doing the work. Because 20, you know, it could be, the solution could be saving sloths who are abandoned by millennials, I think is the problem we created. That is the problem. But the pro yeah, the problem is millennials are buying sloths on the internet, realizing they're harder work to take care of than they thought, and they're abandoning, abandoning them. The solution is we have a sloth refuge, a ton of trees that rehabilitate the sloths, undo all the damage from the millennials. I'm going to have to read about they're no, sloths. They're so no I longer scared of TikTok <laughs> and the sloths just get into a good place. Mm -hmm. That's the solution. The participation, which can be the hardest part when you're new to it to figure out the difference. The participation is... For $22.50, you can provide a day of sloth rehabilitation. You can adopt a sloth. You can sponsor our sloth dormitory. Mm -hmm. You can feed a sloth. Uh, I gotta read up. Yeah. Is that a, I was just thinking. We don't know they enough about. We don't know about sugar cane. You know. Anyway, so oh, yeah. Yeah, well, to feed a sloth. So it, so it, that's how it how it works across. Um, yeah, that's sometimes I had somebody tell me that the way they keep it straight is the solution is the price of a car and the participation is the monthly payment. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. I was kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, okay, I could buy that. Yeah. And I don't remember who told me, so I can sort of legitimately take credit for that. Yeah. Because in good faith, I'm not sure as, who to credit. As, as a classic marketing agency guy, you just That's right. Swipe Hashtag, it. yeah, it's mine. Epic. That's, that's, yeah, that scaffolding question. That's a really good question. All right. Well, let's go back to that topic wise. Yeah, we should. And that's a good way to inform us. If you need or want to hear more about a topic, just say more it, on this. Yeah. Give us, uh, yeah. Tell us more about that 201 instead of the 101 about that. And yeah, we'd be happy for you to do half our homework for us by telling us what to talk about. That'd be great. It's kind of fun just doing questions. It's different. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Uh, although next time I, do, I, I, I don't think I want you or me to have the questions. We'll get somebody to do them uh, oh, where we don't have any chance to get ready. Would that be fun? Oh, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Be like reading mean tweets. Mean questions. Don't ask mean questions. Okay, that would also be we're kind not, of fun. No, we're not quite ready for that. I'm not ready for that. Okay. Right? Mean questions for Ryan, softballs for Steve. <laughs> Hashtag softballs for Steve. <laughs> That's part of our solution. At, yeah. Okay, that's real. <laughs> Softball's for Steve. That's going to catch on. We're going to do that. Okay, so thank you again for sending in your questions. Please yeah, send in absolutely. more. It's amazing to have email. I mean, that's wow. Great. It's like, 
Okay, We've had nope. it set up, and then all of a sudden it started trickling in. So, yeah, yeah uh, this was a trickle. It was a good trickle, yeah, but we'll take it. I'm excited. We'll take it. There yeah. was one that didn't make it. So this, you know, we're not like the safety school of podcasts. We're not taking everybody. There was one we're like, eh, let's not do that. Yeah. Okay. Try again. Yeah. Uh, so next week, uh, who knows what we're gonna do? Maybe it's your questions. If we get lots more questions, but um, send us your questions, comments, all of your feedback. To podcast at Winnicity. If you're doing that, all right, just toss a question at the bottom. Sure. You're already halfway there. I'll take a shot. Give us your five star, your four star, your three and a half star reviews on Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you're listening to your podcast. Give us a good review. Anything less than three and a half, we're not interested in. Just and from a self esteem issue. Yeah, from a self esteem. Yeah. I, I don't want to hear we're it. We're going to keep trying this. Yeah. And um, so next week on our next episode, mm. We're going to talk about why your next event should be an obstacle course race. <laughs> I'm Ryan Thomas. And I'm Steve Thomas. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate that effort. Tune back in next week for another fresh episode of Not Your Father's Fundraising Podcast.